Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You! Are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoop B and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopbradio.com slash poll. And also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopbradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Joining us now on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, we've got the... Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. He is the host of Scoop B. Radio Podcast and also a senior writer of Heavy.com. Brandon, welcome to the show. This is Scoop B. Radio. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. I'm excited to get into a topic that I have been looking to find the right person to break this down with, and you are the man. So before we even get into the greatest players that we never talk about, um, I'm curious to know your new normal around COVID-19. Um, same as, same busy as was before. Um, I think the only difference is I'm not on the road as much. I'm not traveling. And, but I think the power of just relationships, um, picking up your phone, um, and making things happen, uh, is a good thing. You know, since, uh, COVID-19 on the Scooby Radio podcast, um, you know, which is available on all platforms, you know, we, we've had anybody from Shaquille O'Neal, uh, to Stephon Marbury, uh, to, Kenny Anderson, Kendall Gill, um, Scott Morrell, who was a member of the Bulls, um, the Last Dance Bulls team, um, have all come on the podcast. It's a ton of people. Scooby Radio on all streaming platforms, you know, has been, has been doing well. We've definitely seen an uptick in, um, in traffic, and um, you know, it's a good time to be alive. So I, I'm thankful um, for the time to kind of 
get things moving in a different way, but in a creative way. And, you know, basketball is something that, you know, it has brought a lot of people in the community together. Uh, just being home, boarding the house and then house board. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the greatest thing is, although we are in this new normal, it's forced so many of us to have to think outside of the box, you know, like think about how you're connecting with your audience and the type of content you're putting out and the types of stories that you're talking about, because we don't have live games. We don't have the ability to just go out and go to press conferences or go to have these interviews in person, it's now forcing us to think differently, which is not always a bad thing. Um, and so of course with that, we've been watching the last dance unfold. Now I would love to get your initial takeaway. I know you were on with two bolt with Colby white and with Ryan Archidiacono talking about the last dance. I'm curious to know your initial takeaways from the, from the series, what you saw, um, that really stood out to you. I mean, if there's even one thing to pick, but your main takeaways from the incredible series that MJ and ESPN dropped. I have to be transparent. One of the things that um, is, is cool for me is, um, you know, I actually grew up while Michael Jordan was doing his thing. Uh, I fell in love with the game of basketball in 1991 when the Bulls won their first championship. Uh, my stepdad is from Chicago. He grew up down the street from uh, the old Chicago stadium. And, um, for me, I was around that Bulls team during the 97-98 season. Um, and, and so to me as a kid, being 12, being around that team versus now being blah, 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 years old now, <laughs> I feel like um, it gave me some clarity as an adult. You know, some of the – like I didn't understand – how they just knew that this was the end. Right? Mm -hmm. and so when you go back and you show the Jerry Krause dynamic telling Phil Jackson at the beginning of the season that, you know, I'm not renewing your contract. And then the Scottie Pippen issues as it related to his, his, his contract. And, you know, for just to give you all a refresher, I mean, he signed a seven year, $18 million contract in retrospect, that seems absurd. Right. But then you look at 91, um, the Bulls won their first championship. Who knew that they weren't going to have the dynasty that they had? Who knew Michael was going to retire and play baseball? Um, some of those factors just are unfathomable. And when you look back on it, it's like, oh, um, I think the thing that I enjoyed also was how they highlighted, um, you know, although it was the 97-98 season, you had to go back to go mm -hmm. forward. So you look at when Michael retired and he played baseball, and how Scotty Pippen led that team. Uh, I, I spoke to Scotty about that uh, last season, and one of the things that he said to me was, you know, that team was built to be successful even without Michael Jordan. Um, and then you saw how Tony Kukoc came into the fold, and then Kern, you know, all those different factors you know, that went into building. And, and, and I just think to go back and understanding it as an adult, I, I pretty much knew enough um, just growing up watching the Bulls and being around the Bulls, mm -hmm. but to go back as an adult and kind of see it from being a man's perspective or, a bit, or being a grown man and having that perspective, I think, was rewarding um, in and of itself. The Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan dynamic, um, I knew. Um, I know Isaiah, and it's funny because during the whole last dance thing, he and I had been texting back and forth, and, you know, I was getting some perspective on various things. So I, I think... Um, I appreciated it, and it, it was it was insightful. And it was uh, every Sunday. I, I said this the other day. You mentioned I spoke with Kobe White and Ryan Archie Diakono. Um, 
on a, on a, a video conference through Zenny Optical. Um, the thing that, that's, that's interesting to me, and I said this to them, it's almost like the last dance and basketball at large is soap operas for men. <laughs> yes. It gave somebody something to look forward to every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And, you know, that's such a great point that you bring up because I know for me, having watched, in my, in my youth, I grew up watching MJ and watching games, but any games that Michael Jordan played in, I was born in 92, so I was watching them as Hardwood Classics. I was watching them afterwards. So I was watching him. I knew about him. But to see, as you talk about, to see the interviews and hear everybody's stories and, and hear all the behind-the-scenes comments and discussions and things that we didn't get a chance to see because it wasn't a, a, a social media time. It wasn't a time that was, you know, allowed us to have the, the ability to go behind the scenes and see what's going on. It changes your perspective so much. So as you mentioned, like you hear what Jerry Krause decided that the Bulls are going to be changing after 98, and it's like, why? But now we had a chance to see it from a different perspective and see everything play out from right. high school and, and his youth days for Michael to Steve Kerr and his dad passing to, every, you know, Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jack, all their upbringings and things that they went through. So it was beautifully done. Were there any pieces of that that really stuck out to you as, in a sense, surprising? Like maybe you knew about it, but you didn't know, as you talk about, even with Jerry Krause, you know, I was like, you never knew the depth to it. You never knew just, you know, as much as what we had the chance to see in the last dance. No, I don't think it was anything that really surprised me. I think that um, uh, it was kind of just a, a refresher course, if you will. I think a lot of people were surprised at how competitive Michael was. Um, during my journey, in journalism over the last four years, I had a stop at CBS and um, I had a bunch of people who would come on and would basically tell like old war stories about Michael. So like, um, I remember a guy coming on uh, the show uh, and basically talking about how Michael Jordan would score 48 points on Jerry Stackhouse while singing and and you know, for me, that was kind of funny. Um, what was he singing? He, he was singing Anita Baker's Giving You the Best That I Got. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> while, he was, while he was destroying Jerry Stackhouse on the basketball court. I love that. Um, so, you know, stuff like that is funny. And, and, and you know, um, you're hearing stories about how um, Michael just was, was ruthless, like, um, you kind of saw it in the, the last two episodes where, you know, when the Bulls beat the Pacers and Larry Bird was the head coach of the Pacers and, you know, mm -hmm. Jordan met, him, met with him in the tunnel and it was FU, FU2B. Like it was just, it was, it was just this how he communicated, how he talked. Um, and, you know, like these guys are, are people, you know, I think people sometimes lose sight of that. But Michael was just so uber competitive in my lifetime. The only person who I've been around that was, that I can think of off the top of my head, um, other than Kobe, who has been just super competitive, is Allen Iverson. Um, I mm. sat with him at a poker table before, and uh, excuse me, a blackjack table, and uh, he's very competitive. He doesn't like to lose, and that's I think that's a trait that I that I see in a lot of guys. Charles Barkley's uber competitive. I haven't been on a blackjack table with him, but you know I, I know him and I've heard stories about him in that regard, but. Um, Michael, everything was a competitive game. Even like I think, you know, in the back, 
with the security guys. Yes. Game. And I think, you know, it, it just, it was, it was cool to watch. Um, and I don't think, like I said, there's anything that surprised me, but it was good to kind of relive that. Yeah, and I think for you, the advantage you had is, as you mentioned, like you've had conversations with like Scotty Pippen. You've had conversations with people around the Anita Baker story, which I didn't even know about. That song's classic, by the way. Um, you had those, yeah, love it. You had those conversations and that insight that a lot of people did not have. So I know there were a lot of people that were like, oh, I, I didn't know this. I did, like they were surprised. I'm like, no, we, we saw this. We, we knew a lot of these stories, maybe not in depth and as much uh, that behind the scenes aspect, but we knew about these things, you know, way back when it happened and, and today. So um, you had the advantage of having had these conversations with people that allowed you to have even more insight. So that is, that is tremendous. And that definitely helps. And I'll add, I think Michael benefited from not playing in a social media era. Yeah. Um, because it would have just been a different ball game. Um, but I think that, you know, oftentimes there's a, you know, the who's better that debate and, you know, you know, who, who did what. And you know, I, I'll say to you that being in a locker room as a kid and being in a locker room as, a, as an adult, I see so many similarities between both generations. I think a lot of times they say, the older generation say, well, all these young guys, they're friends. They're yeah. too friendly. Um, I, after watching that documentary, I mean, what's the difference between shaking hands after a game and going over each other's towels versus like playing golf the day of a game? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Magic Johnson told me the story a few months ago about how you know, you saw that game where Michael Jordan hit those six threes against the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, people, sometimes when you text that when people tweet, they'll go Jordan Shrug. And you kind of saw what the Jordan Shrug was. And yep. time. But Magic told me this story about how um, the night before that game, um, Michael was playing Bidswiz at, um, I guess, at the hotel or at Michael's house, one of those places. It was Michael, it was Michael's dad and Magic. And Magic and Michael's dad were just in the card game as Magic told it. And, you know, Michael just wanted to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And Magic's like, Michael, don't you have a game tomorrow? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm not leaving until, like, I beat you. And at that time, Magic was doing the broadcast on, on uh, NBC, the NBA on NBC. And so finally, I guess the next day happens, and Michael's, like, raining three, hit six threes in a game. And after one sequence, after he hit that shot, that last, I guess that sixth three, over Clifford Robinson, Michael shrugs his shoulders. And if you look at the camera, he's looking at the scorer's table. He's looking yep. at Magic's direction. And Magic says that Michael shrugs his shoulders as if to say, well, damn, if I can't beat you in a card game, at least I can get my six three-pointers off on the basketball court that night. And, um, you know, that, that moment is, is pretty cool when, you, when you're kind of given the oral history of why that happened the way it happened. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So... A lot of backstories, I think, that I've learned um, just about Michael in the last four years, um, as well as Kobe Bryant, just the level of competitiveness mm -hmm. and the difference between each of their level of competitive. So I, I think it's, again, it's, it's pretty cool um, to kind of, you know, look at this, this documentary and learn some things, but also be reinforced on some things as well. And that's, that's exactly it, because we saw the flu game that everybody was like, is he hungover or is it the flu? You know, it's like, no, it's neither. You know, you saw the, the, infam the famous drug that is now like a gif everywhere that people don't really know the story behind. So we had the opportunity to hear and clear up any misconception 
hear it straight from MJ, straight from the people that were involved to, to really get the true story. And I love the way that we got into his gambling. We got into politics. We got into um, the time he went to Atlantic City and his, his family story with his dad passing and, and everything, even the dream team and Isaiah Thomas. You know, we got to see and hear about everything and we got to hear different perspectives. It wasn't just Michael talking. You know, you heard Magic talking. You heard Isaiah talking. They were able to weigh in on it too. So that's what made it just so powerful. The, the, the Brian Russell part portion of it at the end. With yes. The, oh. I'll tell you what, the one thing I think I was surprised about as you're kind of giving me a refresher, I'm still like breaking it down, but um, the whole myth of Michael Jordan and the suspension. Mm, yes. So, so the way that I, uh, some journalists that, that are prominent who, who I consider mentors have, have shared with me, uh, I'm told I, in years past that it was almost like an unwritten rule or like you know, there's been talk that he was being investigated and, you know, the NBA told him to cool off uh, for a little bit. And as they kind of figure out what's next, that was what I always knew to be, mm -hmm. I guess, urban legend or unwritten be known or whatever. Um, Michael tells a different story. Um, and I think having the, the late David Stern's perspective in the documentary, excuse me, the late documentary, in the, the actual documentary, um, in addition to Michael speaking his piece about playing baseball, you know, I kind of stopped paying attention to Michael when he was playing baseball. Right. I, I know he batted about 200 or 225. Uh, and I know there was this media circus when he was there. Um, I think I got to reprocess because I was like eight or nine years old when Michael retired the first time. Um, but, you know, that was the talk that, you know, Scoop Michael, had, his dad had a gambling debt. That's the way that I mm -hmm. heard it pass and that that had something to do with his dad's death i don't know <laughs> Drop my drink. But um, careful over there you're getting into uh, it you're knocking things around <laughs> for sure but i i feel like you know that that was something that i learned and, and got some perspective right. on it. and um yeah i mean the isaiah dream team stuff isaiah and i had talked about that um i knew about that um the Rodman stuff I knew. The mm -hmm. thing that was interesting that they didn't think of was Rodman and, and the dynamics of his relationship with his daughter, Alexis, which I knew. Um, but I'm glad that they talked about, um, I guess, the transition from Detroit to San Antonio. Yep. One of the other reasons San Antonio was he didn't have a good relationship with David Robinson. Uh, I was mm -hmm. told that um, David Robinson and, and and Dennis Rodman had a Pepsi commercial that they were supposed to be filming, and Pepsi sent them a private jet um, to pick them up. And the whole ride on that jet to where the, the destination was to take that um, commercial, Dennis didn't speak to David once. They, Dennis <laughs> didn't like David And um, it, it was almost like he didn't understand him for, to be as he was, um, to have as many accomplishments as he had, to be in the service. Dennis didn't, from what I've read and from what people that I've spoken to, Dennis felt that David Robinson's work ethic was lacking. Mm. So he had an issue with David Robinson. Wow. Wow. I, you have, yes. You have some great stories and, and things that, you know, even with the, the David Robinson and Dennis Rodman, um, that flight like that nobody knew about. But I think as you're, as you're talking about all this, you know, that is what made this so powerful is because 
there have been, whether it was why Michael left to go play baseball or what happened when Dennis Rodman went on that 48-hour vacation, there's been all these miscommunications and misconceptions because we weren't living in a social media time. You know, if social media was prevalent back then, people would have had Dennis Rodman from flight to Vegas to hotel to the Carmen Electra. Like, we would have got all that. But because we didn't have a TMZ and people with phones that they could just pop up and take a video of you, you know, or tweet or whatever, you know, there were things that we didn't know about that now through this series, you know, we were able to, in a sense, Michael and everybody involved, we were, you were clear in the air. You were, you were setting the, the rumor straight. You, any rumors, any confusion was laid to rest and clarified, you know, everything from start to finish. So that's something I was like, this is beautifully done because Michael's not an outspoken person. He still isn't. You know, this is the most we're going to hear him speak. And he's not going he's not going to talk like this ever again. Um, this is the most we're ever going to get from him. So it's like we finally get to hear it from him specifically, from everybody involved in the scenarios versus just what people around are maybe saying. So, yes, there is something, though, I want to get to that I noticed as I was watching The Last Dance and as I was watching the you know they of course they weren't just focusing on on the fi the final season they took us through michael's journey so along that we got to see different people um whether it was patrick ewing and whoever you know different players that we don't talk about a lot and that when i i know i was watching I was like, oh, yes i loved his game i love you know how do we how do we not talk about him more so i'm i'm curious to know and you can just give me a few we don't have to go through a lot there's plenty of talented players over the years we always get into the GOAT debate, LeBron versus Michael, Kobe versus Michael. But we forget Kareem, Wilt, Magic, Bird. I mean, there's so many players that have come to the league over the years, Stockton, Karl Malone, that we don't even talk about as much as we should. We don't pay them. We don't put respect on their names, so to speak. We don't talk about them as much. So who is someone that you maybe you saw in the last dance or that you've covered or you've had conversations with that we as basketball fans may – in a sense, take for granted and not talk about as much as we really should because of their talent being, in a sense, overlooked. Well, you know, I had this conversation with Shaq a couple months ago on the Scoopy Radio podcast about how to kind of put what you said in a frame. Um, why? So the question that I asked Shaq was, in an era where Michael ruled the 90s um, pretty much, do you feel as though guys like Reggie Miller again mm -hmm. – and Hakeem Olajuwon are overlooked. And Shaq kind of framed it perfectly when he said, um, think of it like McDonald's. He goes, I like Big Macs. He goes, but when you look at the McDonald's, that's, the, that's, like, the, that's like the signature sandwich on a um, McDonald's menu. He said, but then look at the other McDonald's menu. The rest of it, you have McNuggets, you have filet fish, you have um, a grilled chicken sandwich, fried chicken mm -hmm. sandwich, a myriad of other things because that's the beauty of the NBA. You have all these different sandwiches and under the umbrella of this great corporation. He goes, so yes, Michael was the man. He was the man. But then, you know, you have Kobe. You know, the 2000s was his era, respectfully. But, mm -hmm. you know, Reggie Miller was also shooting guard like Michael. So Michael was the premier shooting guard. Clyde Drexler, you know, was, yes. was, was doing his thing in Portland, but he wasn't Michael. You know, Charles Barkley. I, I think Charles Barkley, um, 
I think what he did on the basketball court, the way he bounced the ball at his size, I mean, he's listed at six six foot four. Um, and was, you know, heavy, heavier than most small power forwards, but he played bigger and he went toe to toe with the rivals, the Charles Oakley's and more, but he also had guard skills. Um, so I, I think when you look at the impact, even from the center position, like you talk about Shaq, right? So, or I talk about Shaq, look at some of the other dominant centers that were there. You had David Robinson, you had, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, you had Patrick Ewing, um, you, you had, you had brilliance, and then you look at the power forward position. Carl Malone was one of the best power forwards to live in that mm-hmm. era. You know, some, and Duncan is definitely very accomplished and probably one of the most dominant power forwards there was. But in that 90s era, you had Carl Malone, you had Charles yep. Barkley, you had Rodman, you had Charles Oakley, you had Sean Kemp. Um, I just think that there was just a level of, of just – that was the golden era of basketball. Just like the, that – era was the golden era of hip-hop. There was just a synergistic flow um, of just great players um, that I think a documentary like that makes you appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the guys that are, are, are older. Like, you'd be surprised, like, going to retire Players Association events and, you know, bumping into guys like Dave Cowan, who, who played for the Celtics, legendary player, and then I said, man, you're a legend. He goes, who, me? He's like, how, do you, how the hell do you even know who I am? And it's like, because <laughs> I watch basketball. Like, there's right. so much talent that, that, that's just in basketball sometimes that can be overlooked. But I think the best way to, 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 to commemorate those guys is, you know, if you're a writer or, or you have a podcast or videos, you know, you, you, you talk to those guys because those guys have stories. They may not be the Michael Jordans. They may not be, and Dave Cowles is a legend in and of itself. But, like, those guys have stories. And sometimes the bench players – He's not the best player, but the best players give you the best story because they can say things that the, that, the, that the star or superstar or the legend can't say. So uh, I just think we've been blessed with a game that, 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 that's got so many layers to it. It's very soap opera-like, if you will. So I love soap opera. I love that. Um, but no, I mean, that's as you touch on with so many different names, you just rattled off that we we literally haven't Oh, we, we don't always get the chance to reflect on the, the 90s Pacers, Rockets, Knicks, you know, the, the, the Utah Jazz with Carl Malone and, and John Stockton. You know, we don't always talk about them because, as you mentioned, the, the Big Mac of the league was Michael Jordan. He was, the, he, he was the face and has always been, since he stepped into the NBA, been the guy that everyone compares everything to. You know, it always comes down to Michael. So he set the bar higher, but there have been so many talented players that have come to the league that I know one of the greatest things I loved about The Last Dance was, as you talk about, the ability to see everybody again. You know, like you get to see, and I was, I was like, oh, I used to love that Pacers team and, and love Reggie Miller and watching, watching uh, Mark Jackson and, and all these different play- players, Jalen Rose. Like, I'm like, wow, it takes you back, right? Because we don't, we don't, remember we don't really talk about them enough but that is also a lot to do with the fact that they weren't living in a social media era so now we can go on social media and there's videos of and highlights of all these players there's interviews there's story you know we can catch anything we want about any player we want so it is it's it's you know a shame because as you talk about the night the 90s and the early 2000s for music for sports that was that was an era 
That was an amazing era. It was, it's a vibe, as us young folks would say. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I, well, I'll add is um, even, so throughout the documentary, or Michael would talk about, you know, access he needed to grind with certain guys. And I remember the, the series, the Bulls had, you know, a back to against the Washington Bullets. And you'd be amazed at how many younger people you know, I'm not the I'm not the type of guy to be young shaming, but how many people did not know that the Wizards used to be the Bulls? And, why, oh, and, and then that's a whole conversation about why yes. they changed their name because there's a Washington or the Seattle yeah <laughs> or the Seattle SuperSonics. <laughs> but to to give you a point of reference, the Washington Bullets they changed their name because Washington D.C. had a high crime rate. They didn't want it to be synonymous with yep. shooting. The Seattle Sonics you know, was a team that moved to the, that are now the Oklahoma City Thunder. So mm-hmm. you have a conversation about the Seattle Sonics. Um, that's a whole separate conversation for somebody 14, 15 years old. But then, in, you know, many people may not remember that Ray Allen played for the Seattle Sonics at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Lewis played for the Seattle Sonics. So, you know, when you look at that, that's one thing. But then it's interesting um, because with the whole LeBradford Smith thing, where it was a story about how LeBradford Smith was talking yes. about the and they had a back-to-back, once in Chicago, once in Washington. And then what happened was um, Tracy Murray, a guy who I had on the Scooby Radio podcast. Oh, I love Tracy Murray. The people, but like, that's where guys like Tracy get to shine, where he can, you know, they show clips of the Bulls playing the Bulls, and then you see video of Tracy. Tracy is a guy that has a wealth of stories. He was on the podcast and talked about the Michael Jordan Dome. I had been talking to Charles Barkley and Tracy Murray about the Jordan Dome back in, like, um, September, October. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I was on the front end of the whole Mike, the whole LeBron James and Space Jam back in 2018. Yes. And how, you know, that was coming together at Space Jam too. And so just this, you're reliving things and, and you're able to, I just think we're in an era where we're retroing a lot of things from the 90s now, like, yeah. and it makes sense. Like, even from the perspective of this summer with the whole coronavirus pandemic, you know, if the NBA playoffs and, and everything was going on, um, Nike was supposed to unveil or re, re-upholster um, the Little Penny commercials. Uh yeah, Penny Hardaway and retro shoes. Nike was going to do a whole rollout campaign with Scottie Pippen and his retro shoes, and, and even Adidas with Tracy McGrady and 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 you know uh, Derrick Rose. So I can tell you that just those conversations would have tied perfectly had the last dance started in June. Yes. There were a lot of things that were in the works that you know COVID nineteen changed. I didn't know they were doing Little Penny. Okay, that I was just watching the the Orlando Magic thirty for thirty the other day. And I was just like, it, it is a great time now to relive those, the, those days of, you know, players and teams that we may have not talked about as much recently. So it's, I hope that we still are going to see some more stuff roll out that was going to happen this summer because we need it right now <laughs> for sure. But look, Brandon, where, go ahead. No, go ahead. Later. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, where can people follow you to keep up with all you've got, Scoop B, and all your sports coverage that you're doing regularly? You're out there getting some great stories, great interviews. You know, you, you're you doing big things, and it's it's a, it's great to watch. So where can our listeners follow you to get more? Well, thank you first and foremost. You're doing – check out the Scoopy Radio podcast, uh, which is available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, App, Stitch App, or simply visit 
scoopbeatradio.com. You can also check out all my written work. Scoopbeatradio.com. Uh, you can check out my work at heavy.com. Um, and that's it. Follow me on Twitter, scoopb, Instagram, and Snapchat, scoop underscore b. We in there like swimwear. <laughs> Yes, yes. And hopefully we'll be back to sports suit and then we will be in there like somewhere watching and talking about live games. But I appreciate it. Scoop B radio podcast. Check it out. And of course, all that you're doing online with your, you know, whether it's your written work or your social media presence. But yes, in there, hopefully sooner than later, we'll be getting back to live sports. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for taking time to join Beyond the Headlines with Renee watching this week. You're incredible. And, and the insight that you bring. So it's been a pleasure having you here on the show. Renee, thank you for allowing me to be myself. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.